triangle, right? I, fi I figured it out. The voice of reason, the, the solid hold it down, the beige rage, and the agitator. The Breakfast Club. Everyone just kept telling me to prep for this. One word to describe The Breakfast Club would be black. Impact in the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in, man. It, it, I don't even know what to call it The Breakfast Club. It's like brunch. Envy, Yee, and Charlemagne. Wake that ass up, get out of bed, and listen to The Breakfast Club. I'm waking up. Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ Envy. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Tuesday. Yes, it's Tuesday. It's definitely Tuesday morning. I got to walk in here and deal with Drake's number one fan, DJ Dramos. First thing. First thing in the morning. <laughs> nope, nope. Lord have mercy. Logan, Logan I had yo, it's funny. I'm listening to y'all arguing. I had the same argument with Logan last night. See? The same. That's why I was just, I was just listening to y'all. Is it a generational what, thing? What happened? It might be. What's um, the argument? Well, for me, it was Logan told me that Drake is the best artist ever. And oh, I told God. him that it was Jay-Z. And we went back and forth about records. We went back well, and forth out. about influence. We went back and forth time about... Out. Time, out. time out. Time out. You got to be specific. You can't just say artists. Because when y'all start talking like that, then that's when I tell everybody to shut the F up forever because you're discrediting the Princes and the Michael Jackson. They the said Stevie the rapper. Wonder. I meant exactly. rapper. When I said exactly. artist, rapper. 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 Okay. Rapper. Yes. rapper. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I had that argument last night. So to hear you guys argue about that, I just thought it was hilarious because I just had that argument <laughs> with Logan last night. Well, listen, one thing I will not say is that uh, you can't you can't not have Drake in that conversation. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to sit here and say he shouldn't even belong in the conversation. He's definitely in the conversation. Right. Well, correct. Logan didn't grow up listening to Jay-Z like in the era of that. No, he didn't. But he knows he whole songs. He grew up listening to Drake. Yeah, right. he knows whole songs. He knows, he knows Drake's songs. He knows the impact. We talk about it all the time. And no disrespect to Drake, but... It's, I can't put Jay-Z in Drake's category or in Kanye's category. That is me. Once you have a writer, it's totally oh, different. Oh, no, no, no. Drake is definitely... You can put definitely argue Drake and Kanye. Because Kanye right. got writers, too. Like, you, you can put them in the same category. But 100%. for somebody who doesn't have it... And also, I, I also tell my son, like, Jay-Z was from a hustler's mentality. It's from... I came from Queens. I wanted to get out of Queens. And he kind of felt like he rapped my life. You know, Drake is... He doesn't rap from that... that that place. No, he does. So I don't, I don't, no, he, does. he does. He raps from his own personal experience. From his own, yeah, personal experience. Yeah, but my son, did, my son relates to street. my that's son all. relates to Drake more than he relates to Jay. That's Drake, it. Listen, Drake is great. Okay, he's he got is. the number he's one, he's the number two, the number three song in the country, which I'm sure Historic. we'll talk about uh, later on in the show. Correct. Well, he can still get busy, but it just. To I don't me, know that you really Jay's could compare the two of them. I don't know that you could really compare them. What you mean? You could compare any rapper. I don't know because I just feel like it's the music has evolved so much. How we listen to music has evolved, streaming numbers, all of yeah, that. Of so what are we talking about? Are we talking about music or are we talking about numbers? See, that's what that's, about that's where lines get blurred. I'm talking it's about music. It's our perspective. It's who you personally like. If Logan grew up listening to Drake, that's personally who he likes. Yeah. That's what he relates to. Then to him, that's the best. That don't mean to you're right. One thing I'm tired of y'all doing also, too, is discrediting that young man from L.A. named Kung Fu Kenny, okay, who's been 
dominant for the past decade, but just because he takes breaks, and sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. That's why I can't wait till he drops, so we can everybody can start the West Coast D licking again because it's going to happen. It's a different category. It's not. It's it rap. Is rap. rap. What are you talking about? We I hate when they do that. Categories. I hate when they do that. It's, it's rap. rap. Rap is rap. This is what we do. We all we just bait rappers. Okay, there was a time where you argued about who the best MC was, uh-huh. Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. You argue Biggie and Biggie and Pac. Now you're Correct. arguing the Drakes and still talking about Jay in the conversation and the Kendricks. Okay, it happens. Correct. Well, last night was last night was date night. I know you don't care, but last night was the season finale of The Bachelor. How'd you know? So you watched that over the Brooklyn Nets versus the New York Knicks. I went back and forth. The Nets were were, were crushing the Knicks, so I was able to go back and forth. That's but not true. That- the game got very close at the end. Did it? Yes. 117-112. Yes, it came really? down to the last. Yes. yes. Jeez, third quarter, they were up by like so many. I was like, uh. They cut it to like three at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Really? Yes. Oh, no. I left that game. I was like, uh, Knicks lost this one. So I went back to Matt James. Okay. All right. Well, Bachelor Nation. It was a good one. <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it in rumors. Now, uh, Jim Jones will be joining us this morning. We'll kick it with Jim Jones. Coppo will be in the building. And and uh, not Jones. only Jim Jones. We got a very good show. This is one of those shows this morning that I love because it's uh, very informative and you're guaranteed to learn something from somebody. So, yes, Correct. Jim Jones will be here. But also we have Cheryl McKissick. Yes, Cheryl McKissick. Yes. yes, she is the CEO of McKissick and, and McKissick, McKissick. Right. Uh, an architectural and construction management firm, the largest Architectural and construction black. management firm, um, yes, owned by a black person and black Family. woman. Yes, That's right. She's fifth generation. So all these conversations we have about generational wealth and, you know, passing things on to your kids. Oh, this family did it for real. We're going to have a great conversation. It is Women's History Month, right? That is right. All right. Yes, it is. Let's talk to a woman that's making history. All right. Now, front page news is next. What are we talking about? Yes, and let's talk about this vaccine. Everybody's talking about, are you going to get it? Is it safe? Well, the White House is launching a campaign, and we'll tell you all about it. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with the Biden administration. They're planning to launch a COVID-19 vaccine promotion campaign, a $250 million ad campaign. And that's aimed at people here who are hesitant to get the vaccine. So they said the government is going to be doing advertising on TV, radio, billboards, print and digital media. They're also doing a podcast hosted by a well-known person outside of the government as well in order to encourage people to get the vaccine. Because according to a new CNN poll, they said more than 25 percent of Americans don't intend to get a COVID vaccine. Well, I'm not knocking anyone who is taking the vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all, but, you know, no advertising a podcast is going to be able to build up, you know, uh, a, a trust in a matter of months because this is centuries and centuries of years of distrust, especially when it comes to the institution and the medical, the racism in the uh, medical institution. Well, according to health officials, 80% of Americans need to be vaccinated to keep the virus from spreading. So... That's why it's important. And right now it's spring break and U.S. air travel has hit a pandemic high as a lot of people are going to sunny beaches. They're trying to party. They said on both Friday and Sunday, more than 1.3 million people were screened at airports by the TSA. And that's the most since coronavirus has hit travel a year ago. Mm. And they be acting like black people don't have valid reasons, you know, uh, and, and not to, dis- to distrust the vaccine. And then when you ask them, OK, well, why should I trust it? 
based on all the years and years of, of racism in the medical system towards black people. Why should I trust it? They just look at you stupid like, uh, well, It is a crapshoot. Like you um, said, it is a crapshoot. We just don't know. I mean, you, you hear people die and the first thing they say is they took the vaccine shot and it could be true or it can't be. We just don't know how anything affects the body. We don't know if you catch COVID, how it affects your body. I know people who were fine and didn't even know and I know people that were damn near on ventilators, you know? Same thing with the vaccine. You, you just don't know, you know? You, you just don't know. I, I took the crapshoot. Me personally, because I, I move around, I travel. So I'd rather have, you know, be more protected. But you, you just don't know. Amen. All right. A family in Indianapolis says an argument over stimulus check uh, is what led to four people getting killed, a quadruple murder, including Already? a child. Already? Yes, the shooting took place, yeah, on Saturday. So the suspect, Malik, Malik Halfaker, he approached uh, Gianitris Moore about his belief that he should get half of her stimulus check. She has two young daughters. One of them is with Malik. And a cousin of Moore said that uh, he wanted some of her tax money and stimulus money. She said, according to a conversation that she heard, she said, you don't deserve any of this. I work. I take care of our child. You don't do anything. He said, I really want half. She said, I'll give you 450 Take it or leave it. And he said, I'm going to get that money. So then he waited outside of her home. And he said, uh, Janitra said he gave her an evil look and then he walked off and then he came back and demanded to know where the money was. He went through her purse. And then they said at that point, he shot and killed four people. The dead people were identified by the family as uh, Janitra's seven-year-old daughter, Eve, her mm -mm. 23-year-old brother, Daquan, her 44-year-old mother, Tamika Brown, and her 35-year-old cousin, Anthony Johnson. Janitra herself was also wounded and her other daughter who she shares with Malik has been reported missing and now ha uh, Malik is on the run. Well, prayers up for that family. That's uh, crazy. Sending, sending the remaining surviving members of that family healing energy. But I'm going to tell y'all something, man. Mm -mm -mm. If you're killing people over the $1,400 stimulus check, you can't afford to go to jail. Now you're in jail with a bond that's crazy. If you get one at all, like you can't, like well, you got to think about these things before you make these, these these permanent decisions based off temporary feelings. Yeah, like, and yeah, he killed four people. I don't oh, think he's man. getting over a never, stimulus over, check. Over fourteen hundred dollars, not even fourteen hundred, right? Well, I guess he wanted the whole thing, but over fourteen hundred dollars. He wanted part of it. I think he just wanted part. I don't think he wanted the whole. She thing, offered him four fifty. She offered him four fifty, and he said no way. She takes care of the child. Why would I give you the whole stimulus check? You can't even afford to go to jail. All right, well, that's your front page news. So, again, rest in peace to those family members Man. and our condolences. All right, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Phone lines are wide open. Talk to us. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Tino Black. What's up, Chino Black? Get it off your chest. Peace, King. Peace, peace, peace to the peace to the kings, peace to the queens. How y'all doing this morning? I hope y'all blessed. Blessed, black, and highly favored, brother. That's a blessing. I just heard, I just heard Miss uh, Miss Yee talk about Miss Yee talk about uh, the guy killing killing that family over that money, man. That's insane. Sad, man. Sad. That shit is sad, bro. And in the words of my uncle Lonely, my uncle Psych Dog. Man, I, I just wish all niggas like that would die. <laughs> like, it, it, like if you were, if you were a rapist, you die, my god. Word. If you were a terrorist, you die, my guy. You do some like that, you die, my guy. Sir, like, you gotta. You gotta stop cursing. Now, I feel you. If you gonna kill, if you kill four people over fourteen hundred, you don't, you don't deserve to be amongst us in society, bro. Man, that's facts. That's that's facts. All right. Man, he's disgusting. Like I said, that, that, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like. 
you ain't had no you ain't had no reason you can really go out here and go get some money there's plenty of people out here that's uh hustling every day to go get it master p got it out his trunk that's right and that's and and that's just real you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. all, that's all, all i wanted to yeah pri prisons were made for guys like that bro like that i mean i don't there's no rehabilitation no nothing you kill four people over fourteen hundred dollars you crazy. gotta go not nothing to talk about hello who's this this is Nikki calling from Florida. How are y'all? Hi, Good Nikki. Morning. Trying, hey, to sound sane. Trying to sound sane when you know you crazy as hell from Florida. Listen, I must be because today is my birthday and I just wanted to call y'all and let y'all know I listen to y'all every morning. Hey, well, Ratchet, thank happy, you. Birthday. happy birthday. Happy birthday. What you doing for your birthday? I'm chilling. You know, it's Florida. I work in the medical. I don't even play about that math stuff. So I'm chilling. I took myself out. I kind of spoiled myself this weekend. Went out with a homegirl. But honestly, I'm just going to chill in the house. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Mama. Not a problem. Thank you, guys. Enjoy so your much. birthday. Thank get, you, guys, again. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? What's going on, MV? Uh, Charlamagne, Angela Yee. Peace, King. What's up, bro? What's up? What's going on, brother? Get it off your chest. I'm, I'm having a blessed one, man. I can't, I can't complain. I, I did have words for MV, though. MV, I've been listening to you since since I was a, a kid, man. Like my, my dad would go to New York and get mixtapes, the Desert Storm mixtapes. So I've, I've listened to him growing up my whole life. But my man, there, there's an ad that you, you put out. And you say the word ideas. I know you know how to say the word idea. <laughs> well, I said ideas. I know there is idea with no R, my man. You, you know can't say it right. You know some words you just can't pronounce. You said you be saying idea. No, I said idea. Bro, listen to. The, he said it again. Ad, oh, mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, look, nobody's perfect, bro. Like almost every day, I I listen. I understand. I'm I'm not perfect myself, my man. Right. But what I am saying is that is a reported ad. You had time to look at that ad. <laughs> <laughs> now, the, no, no, the real problem, whoever whoever edited that ad should have caught it. Yeah, they should have caught it. But thank you. Whoever, yeah, whoever put that out, they, they don't like you very much, my man. It happens. Bees like that sometimes. Well, as you know, as you can see, it's levels of stupidity here at the Breakfast Club. Okay, it doesn't just start. It doesn't just stop with the host. That's right. All right. Goes on I the producers. A, I think a lot of us. We all have a word we can't. We all have a word we can't pronounce, though. I don't be us. trying. Me neither. I'm, I say straight street strong because I'm from South Carolina. That's how I talk. Mm -hmm. Hello, who's this? No idea. This is Jay. Hey Jay, get off your chest. I'm getting off my chest. Black people bringing black people down. Talking about Wendy Williams, but first of all, Charlemagne's girl. That's right. <laughs> That's a lie, but continue. <laughs> Charlemagne, did you hit it? Hit what? Huh? Other way around, mama. Did I hit you what? Hit Wendy Williams, and I ain't talking about in the face. Why we, how we get to this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You'll be a good interviewer. Yeah, she can break with what? What'd you my say? My daughter loves you, but I'm not on your side. I love her too. She got better taste <laughs> than her mama. Well, me and you cowboy fans, so we got something. Hey, there face. you go. There you go. Mama, what made you answer yeah. that ask that question? Was it the picture where Charlemagne is sitting on Wendy Williams' lap? Yeah, he know he hit it. <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you, lady? 
You huh? know you hit it. Lady. That's why I can't even <laughs> like you. How old are you? I'm old enough to say what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and no facts. All right. tell, your, tell your daughter I said hello, okay? Can you tell my son-in-law happy birthday today? Yes, what's his name? Jesse Rodriguez. Happy born day, Jesse Rodriguez. How did he feel about A-Rod and J-Lo breaking up? Who cares? Oh, <laughs> last name Rodriguez. I thought right, everybody with the last name Rodriguez cared she about said, that. Who cares? Thank you, Mama. You have a great day. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Love her. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up. Now we got rumors on the way. Yes. And let's talk about Drake this morning and his historic debut with Scary Hours 2. Pretty sure he cheated. We'll Just talk about it. it. Damn. <laughs> you hate that. Enough with that hate, Charlemagne. Just gracious. say congratulations right. to that man. All right. We'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Jeez. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee. Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's go. Drake. <laughs> I like that. This like is the rumor report with Angela Yee on the Breakfast Club. Well, Drake's latest Scary Hours installment, Scary Hours 2, has made chart history. He is the first artist to ever debut three tracks simultaneously in the top three. So, congratulations. To him. Okay, let's shout stay, to Drake. Let's stay here for a second. Uh, I have thoughts. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have three thoughts. Okay, okay. Let me hear. Number is one. Is one of them congrats? Well, number one, first off, congrats to Drake. Drop on the clues bombs for Drake. That is an incredible feat. I asked a question a few months ago, and the question was simply, are we still in a Drake era? When you're number one, two, and three on the charts, I think that answers your question. Yes. Right? When it comes to screaming, when it comes to radio, he's still the guy. That top three may not reflect what's happening in the clubs or in a slightly younger demo, but he's still the guy in regards to the radio and screaming. So now, did you the ask the question or did you make a statement? No, I asked the question. No, I didn't. Okay. I asked the question. I never made that statement. The internet is a liar. I never said Drake <laughs> fell off. Okay. I actually said Drake is Drake. So I expect numbers on the board. One, two, and three is unreal. This is my second thought, by the way. But, uh. You know, screaming and radio manipulate the game in ways we've never seen. But forget all that. All right. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Forget oh, all boy. that. Oh, my, my gosh. My, 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 so you don't my, believe my, it? This, this is a statement. The pressure is really on for Drake right now because the three pack is dope. And I like the energy of the three pack. Okay. The energy Drake had on Lemon Pepper when he was Killing talking it. that talk. Probably, I like when he talks oh, that man. talk, man. These Goodness days, gracious. These days famous, disconnected from excellence. Half the time I got to ask N-words what their profession is. Ushered in a, a generation. And these are where my confessions live. Bars. Drop one of the clues bombs for those bars. That was incredible. He was spitting okay. on that Lemon Pepper. Yep. But the pressure is on because with Certified Lover Boy, I'm expecting an undeniable body of work. When I think of the greats like the Hoves and the Nazis and the Little Waynes, these guys were giving us classics much later in their career, whether it was the Blueprint, still mad at Carter 3, I'm expecting the level of project from Drake at this, I'm expecting that level of project from Drake at this point in this career. I think we'll get that. I think we'll get that this time around. I, 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 what I've been hearing from Drake in the last couple of songs he's been releasing is, I've enjoyed all these of them. These last three. These last three in Four. particular. Even the one with, with Dirk. Even the one with Dirk. Eh, these last three is in hard. particular. It's cool. It's cool. The one with Dirk is hard. But, but, those, but those four. But it's a new decade. He had a decade of dominance in the 2010s. Now it's time to plant a, a flag for a new decade, make a real statement. That's my second thought. And my third point. Since That's like this, nine points, bro. No, it's yeah, three. My, my third point on yes. Drake's historic feat being number one, two, and three in the country is simply this. He cheated. 
Yeah. He cheated. How do you cheat, bro? Let me tell you cheat? something. Tell me how you cheat. <laughs> wow. Right? Don't let the hard cut in his head fool you. Aubrey Graham is a demon who doesn't play fair. He cheated. I can't no. prove it. I have nothing to back this You're up. You're a hater. This, is, no, this might just be pure hate. No, It fact. is hate. I'm not standing on nothing with this. I just think he cheated. Him, Baca not nice, Popcon, they cheated. Don't let the nice Canadian thing fool you. Okay? I recognize a demon when I see and one. what accent right. was that? I want him drug tested for performance and I need to see Drake's birth certificate. Congrats to Drake. Congrats. And the song he did, Once in Needs with Little Baby, is Little Baby's highest charting song yet. It's his sixth top 10 on the Hot 100. We'll drop on the clues, Bones, for Drake. Lemon Pepper Freestyle is is that boy spitting, boy. I love Lemon Pepper Freestyle. But all jokes aside, the pressure's on for Certified Lover Boy. Only only because he's Drake. He He set the ball for himself. So I'm expecting well, an undeniable classic uh, with Certified Lover Boy. That's what I. That's what I want. And I'm sure that's what he's aiming for, that's, right? He has no choice. And as this news broke, Drake was hanging out with Bow Wow, and that is somebody who has really opened doors for him. Here is Drake and Bow Wow. I didn't know how else to bring in one, two, three. I had to live with Wizzle, oh, man. You know what we do? Come on, man. We do it. This wanna call and tell you a local station. And as I want to thank you, man. I love it. I just want to thank y'all. What you I love it. Congratulations to my that's what I'm talking about. When you make history and you got the number one, number two, three song in the country, you go and you pay homage to your OGs. Drop on the clues, bombs for Drake paying homage Shout to his OGs. Bow Wow, man. Bow Wizzy. Now, you now. know what? I was partying with Bow Wow last, uh, two weeks ago and I was in Atlanta. You need to man. grow Shout up. Shout out to Bow Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to grow up. Wow. I'm, you need to grow up. Was Logan with why. you or what you was, <laughs> No, it was, uh, you know, Mono, the guy that taught me how to DJ was spinning and when I was in Atlanta, I went to go visit him. It was Bow Wow's birthday party. You so need to grow up. Bow Wow. You really wow. need to grow up. So Mono's like Drake up. and you're like Bow Wow. He was, right? <laughs> you just need to grow up. Mono's my guy. He told me how to DJ. He could be whatever. But uh, yeah, it's Patty Birthday to Bow Wow. I love the fact that he paid homage, though. Salute. Respect mm-hmm. your OGs. Now you just need to connect with Soldier Boy. That's your other OG. Well, Shout out, really, man. I'm gonna fight you. Harry is really showing more respect to Bow Wow. Yeah, no, I had to link with Whistle. Everybody, everybody wants to have drinks and everybody wants to celebrate and turn up. And, you know, I just had to see Whistle. That's I just what see I'm talking about. Person. That's why if it wasn't for you, there wouldn't be no me, and that's why I'm gonna rock with y'all forever more. Forevermore. Drop on the clues bombs with Drake. That's what I'm talking about. Pay homage to your OGs. Stop saying OGs, man. You know what's funny? When I worked at um when I worked at Sirius and I had that don't quit your day job and Drake was on before he got signed, people were calling in telling him he sounded like Bow Wow. And he was like, Man, thank you, thank you. I don't so think I guess early happened. on, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think that ever happened. I would don't never disrespect Bow Wow. I'm not disrespecting Bow Wow. I just don't think that ever happened. The audio is on the internet. Yeah, I got. I've got to hear that. Yeah, you can hear it. <laughs> All right, now 21 Savage is starring in a Louis Vuitton men's summer capsule collection I campaign. So congratulations to him. Looks mm-hmm. good. And Virgil posted breaking news: Twenty One Savage and Co. Thinking different and moving as such. Louis Vuitton material 2021. I love what these so brands are doing. I mean, I love the. Mm-hmm. I wish that we would own more of our own lines, but the fact that these brands are, are finally breaking bread with, with the people that are uh, influencing, whether it's Dapper Dan, whether it's Gucci, whether it's Louis Vuitton, whether it's Virgil, and what he's doing, I love it. Yeah, Twenty One does more for Louis than Louis does for Twenty One. That's my opinion. I think so. But All he right, is. Now, it. I'm her- sure I cut him a check to wear it though. 
Her just got a Grammys Oscars twofer, and she says it changed her life. So she picked up an Oscar nomination for her song Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah only hours after winning one of the top Grammys for her song I Can't Breathe for Song of the Year. So congratulations to her. That's huge. She said it's been life-changing. Not to mention she performed at the Super Bowl. So she's been having an uh, amazing year so far. So I just want to give a big shout out to her. Uh, and she said that if the Oscars asked her to perform, she would definitely be there. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now we got front page news. What are we talking about? Yes. And don't relax just yet. They're talking about this variant when it comes to coronavirus. So people still got to be careful because they're saying this could be dominant soon. Oh, my goodness. All right. We'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition. Empowering students to go out and do. Visit MountainDew.com slash Real Change to enter. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's start with Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. They are set to face each other in the ring, according to multiple media outlets. And according to ESPN, they have signed a contract to meet in a pair of matches expected to take place in 2021. I believe it when it happens. Um, they still are looking for a site and they're still looking for the money. It's crazy as it right, sounds. Well, they- it said, according to Joshua's promoter, Eddie Hearn, he said that our, our parties have now put pen to paper and we will be working hard over the next few weeks to confirm the site and date for the biggest fight in boxing. Yeah, they're looking for a hundred million dollar plus site. I don't know where wow. they're going to find that uh, during this, you know, pandemic. I really don't. They say the Middle East, but I mean, I don't know. All right. Now, speaking of this pandemic, a concerning variant is about to become dominant in the the United States, according to experts. And they are also saying how we act now could help fuel or curb a surge. So some people are worried. Experts are worried that some Americans are letting up too early. And it's a very critical time as people are easing COVID-19 restrictions in different states because of improving trends and growing vaccination numbers. But at the same time, a lot of people are traveling right now. We already told you earlier for spring break a lot of people have been going to florida and other sunny regions all of this while cases of a dangerous variant are on the rise and that is a variant that was first identified in the uk so they said safety measures will be especially crucial right now they're saying that this particular variant is highly transmissible so it is a lot more uh, transmissible than other ones and it's also more deadly and other coronavirus variants so people cannot ease up on wearing their masks and social distancing and not gathering indoors. So just giving y'all that warning. I don't know what yeah. that means. I, yeah, they, I don't think they're going to shut the country back down. No, but I don't know no what way. that means. Like, what is that? So is the, the virus is here? You said it's here? What did they say? Yeah, what they mean 48. They say? They've identified it in 48 different states already. So when they say it's about to be dominant, what does that mean? Like, I mean, it looks like it's spreading pretty quickly because it's highly transmissible. So they're saying by the end of this month or early April, they are projecting the way that it's spreading because it's highly contagious. Mm-hmm. It will become the dominant variant. Is it deadlier? Because I know that there was a, there was other variants that were, were super contagious, but they not as deadly. weren't as deadly. Is it, is it deadlier or as deadly? Or what is it? They said the overall increased risk of death may be somewhat higher, around 61 percent more. Mm. Than wow. earlier strains. Mm, okay. What about the vaccine? Is the vaccine, does that fight it off? 
The good news is that vaccinations are ramping up. Experts are hoping that we'll be able to see some normality by the summertime. And so, yes, the vaccine is effective and that's important. But what they're saying is right now, just make sure you're still wearing your mask. You're still social distancing, still trying to remain outdoors and all of those things. Oh, you got the vaccine in your book bag? What you pull out? <laughs> I got two different types of CMOS. You know what I'm okay. saying? One is the gold. That's for sexual intercourse. The other one is just the regular one that I take every morning. Just, you know, wanted to pull that out. I got to take remember, nice little reminder to take my CMOS. All right. Well, you be careful in there, Dramos. Uh, you know, right? Yeah, you're going to take the gold. Dramos, <laughs> nah, you be I'm careful. Not gonna, I'm not going to take the gold. I'm not gonna Dramos and the cameraman, Nick. Woo! Uh, yeah, hot morning. Hot yeah. boy morning. Get your mind out the gutter, bro. I hate this place. <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> Disgusting All right. place it is. <laughs> All right. Well, that is your front page news. Now, when we come back, Kappa will be joining us. Jim Jones. Jim, we'll Jones. With Jim Jones. Listen, these are one of the mornings that I love, man. You know what I mean? Because it's a very informative morning. Uh, Jim Jones is going to be up here giving out a lot of free jewelry because Jim Jones got his hand in a lot of different things right now. Cryptocurrency and, you know, the, 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 the fitness. Quar and quarantine studio, quarantine fitness, studios. marijuana. Yeah, he's got NF a NFTs. NFTs, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jim, Jim, Jim's going to put us onto a lot of game. And then next hour, we have Cheryl McKissick, who is the CEO of McKissick, McKissick and McKissick the largest black-owned, woman-owned construction company. So a free jewelry morning here on The Breakfast Club. All right, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building, Jim Jones. Capo. Yeah. What's up with y'all? What are you not doing nowadays, Capo? I see everything. I see cryptocurrency. I see athletics. I see studios. I see you doing weather. Like, what are you not doing? Marijuana, quarantine studios. There's a whole lot. You got to name a whole lot more. You got football teams. You got to name a whole lot. Jim, Jim is doing a lot. I've been, I've been trying to, trying to uh, figure out my hustle. I mean, you know, to be rich, you got to do more than one thing. So I'm just trying to follow in the footsteps of those that came before me. Absolutely. Tell, tell us about the cryptocurrency thing. I saw the coin. I was like, and I, I'm still not hip to the cryptocurrency game. Um, cryptocurrency is dope. Um, the space just for uh for the culture is dope. It's, it's definitely like the wild wild west when it comes to making money. Um, you know, you got the Bitcoin, and then you that's on its own thing, and then you have coins that they have on the Ethereum basis. It's like the next biggest platform for uh, the cryptocurrency. Um, I was fortunate enough to create my own coin, which is the Capital Coin, on um, Zap Theory platform, and Zap Theory is actually on the Ethereum platform. So, if you have Ether right now, you can purchase the Capital Coin. Um, but in a few weeks, you'll be able to purchase the Capital Coin with your actual credit card. And I've been doing like these little, uh, uh, like these little virtual parties and showing people how to get invested in the capital coin and then you know there's the other thing people have been talking about is nfts which is non-fungible tokens which is another uh big thing um that's pretty much i i call it like a, a digital baseball card mm -hmm. if uh to make so people could understand it a little bit more it gets a little bit more intricate than that but the money is definitely for real it's definitely serious um is probably the next biggest way you can make some money since um, the marijuana started becoming legal. And before that, I guess it was the dot com. And before that, like prohibition and 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 uh, with with all the gold in America. So now cryptocurrency is the next thing up to for people to get rich and create uh, wealth. Word. Jim said he on CNBC. Like he just. <laughs> 
<laughs> you broke I, that down effortlessly. I mean, you know, I mean, I've been studying. I've been, well, I've been learning about it. Usually, when I get into something and I, and, and I learn to understand it, I could flip it in a lot of different ways as anybody else. So, these spaces are spaces I would like to be in. Plus, I always like to be at the cusp of everything or, or, or a step ahead of everything, especially mm -hmm. when it comes to the culture. Because once the culture gets involved, then it gets it comes commercialized, which is a good thing because it's a flood of money that comes our way that we get to circulate. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I need to learn. Well, right now you could take you because you're the owner of your books, right? Mm -hmm. You could take a picture of your book and sell it as an NFT, and somebody will have the only digital copy of the cover of your book, wow. and they're gonna buy it for some change. Maybe we should do that together. You give me a chance, I can help you out with that. I'm with that. Yeah, right, on your, I'm with right, that. right now on your iPhone, we take a picture of this book right here on your iPhone. Boom. You did, and then mm -hmm. we they uh, do they. I'll give it to the people with the zap zap theory that helps us out with doing all the and they put it up for sale of nft charlemagne has a picture of his and even though you could take a picture of every page on this motherfucker sell it as a whole group and make wow. and, and then the whole book will go out or whatever pages that be out with different people when people could start to try to ac ac acquire the whole book and now then mm -hmm. pretty soon the whole book of somebody have the whole book as an nft that they own that's like just as powerful as you being the author of the book because then that It'd probably be worth all type of money. So wow. so many things that you could do. There's wow. no rules inside of this space. As long as you understand how to be creative with making money and selling whatever it is that you're selling, from artists to music to you know what I mean. It's, it's, mm -hmm. There's no like the the owner of Scott Tissue could take a picture of the first t Scott Tissue and probably make a, a slew of money and. Sh that so it just depends on who you are the more impressionable you are the more success you have nine times out of ten it's better for the sale of that nft wow so like we could take this interview and uh, make it an nft and then just sell it like that and uh -huh. somebody a hundred percent we could cut it up a few different ways so you don't just want to sell a whole thing as one nft you want to sell it a few as a five different nfts so then when you put it out in the space somebody actually wants to acquire the whole thing as they own nft and that becomes a money maker in itself and then we'll get paid five different ways for splicing this uh interview up maybe we should do that too since we're talking about it <laughs> so what is quarantine studio explain to people what quarantine studio and how you maximize that i actually i think i met one of your partners this weekend in uh atlanta yes he has the, uh, the virtual the um when he was trying to tell me how to do the, the interactive uh seminar the virtual reality yes we have a virtual reality company you know with the goggles or you could just put it on your phone where you could go actually yeah, to the space yeah. um but uh, Quarantine Studios is made up of two parts. The first part was uh, services for artists. Art, I mean, artists and people all alike. I mean, I say services. I mean, whatever a record label can offer to 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 anybody is what we can offer to anybody from such as DJs. As DJ Envy was one of the few first few people who understood what I was trying to do, and that's why I appreciate him for just helping me out. And Envy dope too, man, because I was trying to get, I'm trying to get a crib, and I'm like, yo, Envy, I'm trying to get this crib right now. I need you to, he gave me some good people to help me out, so I, I, I appreciate that. But back to Quarantine Studio. So whether you need a um, entertainment lawyer, a publicist, a pub administration, uh, you need some DJs to give you a drop, or you need some features from an artist, um, graphic design, whatever it is that you, your heart desire, that you need something, a service from out of this industry is what we can provide. Now on the flip side, there's a, techie uh type platform that we created where i figured out how to uh record music in real time in a virtual space with damn near zero latency which is almost impossible for right now for people to pull off in the capacity that we do it now there's people out there that do record like that and shouts to uh drake and 40 and 
the way they do their recording process. But this is a little bit ill. Um, not to say knocking anybody, but I figured out a dope way to really pull us off and with with people be able to pay to watch come in the studio with me. Um, like he said, we got the uh, virtual reality component where people could actually come into the space that we actually are recording the music at or wherever I'm at. Um, and it's dope. I recorded uh, five albums. Um, shouts to Heatmate, shouts to Hitmakers, Youngberg, shouts to Heatmakers, Arsonist, shouts to Scram Jones, uh, shouts to Harry Fraud, the uh, project that I just dropped. I still haven't met Fraud Harry Department. Fraud. Yes, I still haven't. Met Harry Fraud in person yet. Me what? And, yes, Harry Fraud and uh <laughs> Harry Fraud and John Sparks uh, we were the collective group to create the tech the techie component of Quarantine Studios. They helped me figure out that whole loop and how to record it and virtually so that we could create the album and that was the first album that I did on Quarantine Studios. All right, we got more with Jim Jones when we come back. Don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Jim Jones. Charlemagne? I Man, I be sitting back thinking, I wonder if you think about it. How much money do you think y'all would have made, like when y'all, when Dipset was putting out Diplomats Volume 1 and Volume 2, 3, if y'all had all these resources that y'all have yeah, now? Yeah, social media? Yeah. Oh man, we we probably we probably be too too we probably been bugged out already. Be so filthy rich. <laughs> I mean, just no kids have now. I only wish I wish we had back then. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, they got the pros and cons of everything because the way we were living was definitely not to be recorded at that time. But for the entertainment purposes and the business purposes, yeah, this this would have catapulted us into iconic levels at a at an early age. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because of the access that you have when it comes to the internet and social media. So I all that So are we getting a, are, are y'all working now? Cause y'all, I see Cam running around. Or are we going to get another dip set out? We were waiting for this tour. Is this the time to do it now? Um, yes, definitely the time to do it now. Um, you know, Joel's living not too far from me. Some more is over there bugging him. Um, Joel's has some incredible music right now. Just been on his back to actually drop some of the, some of the music. Um, shouts to Cam. Cam is at a great space in life right now. It's like, you know, when, I don't know what's how to explain it, but just to see him being happy and and being doing the things that he want to do and following the crowd and you know it's just dope. And he say he's ready to do music anytime I'm ready. And you know, so as a collective effort, we definitely can come together and put this music together very soon. We got a couple concerts coming up next month and a couple of the states that are opened up, them spicy states. Um, so that's pretty dope. <laughs> they got to let you control everything, though, Jim. Because I've been saying that Jim has been making the best music out of New York City for the past few that's years. A, that's a big statement, bro. I, 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 I stand the, by that. I don't want these little <laughs> trying to jump me. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by that, though. Why, why you think you're not getting recognized for that, though? Um... If I was the worried about getting recognized for that, then I, I would be uh, I'd be a dude doing a disservice to myself. All of that's gonna come the same way that you recognize it. Trust and believe. Everybody else recognizes it too, also. Mm -hmm. But to, to actually give a person his accolades out loud and and have to succumb to those facts that man, maybe this is the one. Maybe it takes a little bit more time. But I'm not gonna stop digging until that happens. I'm gonna keep making this incredible music. I don't. I'm in a, in a very dope spot in my life when it comes to making music. Um probably one of the few they say that got better with time um that's a fact and, I, and, and i'm loving it um got some more tricks up my sleeve um i've been listening to the radio show and i appreciate everything that you've been saying when it comes to who i am as an artist and a businessman and the acumen that i put out there like that's dope like a lot of people wouldn't do that especially not in your position you know mm -hmm. what i mean like it's a very powerful position that you'll have up here as a collective and just to even mention my name in a positive way 
You know what I mean? Means that's big for me. You know what I mean? But it's truth. But to mention my name in a way inside this business where people have to start to do they due diligence on mm -hmm. really what I do is even bigger for me. So just a little comments like that sooner or later gonna come around full circle. Well, I do believe somebody put me in a position so I could show the industry really what I could do. Would you ever take another job in a building? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, when I took the job at the building, shouts to Kevin Lyle, shouts to Leo Cohen, they gave me one of the biggest opportunities I've had in my life when it came to being um uh, executive. Um, and at that time I was very young and didn't have nobody to show me exactly what I should be doing in my position as far as the respons the responsibility I had. Yeah, I was creative and I knew how to pull talent, but to me, to be in a full executive, I didn't have it back then. Mm -hmm. And now where I'm at now, knowing that I had to get another opportunity as that one, I would smoke it. Like, mm -hmm. smoke the boots over because I know what I can I can do and I know what I want to do and I got I, I, my strength, restraint is much different, my focal point is much different, so you know, we'll see what happens. What, what, what do you think you did wrong when you was an executive? In that building? Um, uh, I would say, I guess I had a problem with authority. And they put me in a position of a boss. But at that time, I was still kind of fresh out the street. And I kind of did what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And put me in a building. It was like taking an animal out the cage and yeah. just put him in the middle of New York City. Um. So I didn't know how to gauge that. You mm -hmm. I was bringing my outside into side the office, and it wasn't mixing, and mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how to separate the two. And now I got that. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'm not in a, I'm not in the same space I was before, and I definitely don't do the things that I've done when I was younger. So it's a perfect time for me to expand who I am as far as an executive using my mind in this industry to help make other people some stars out here, which I know I could do. What's some of the artists that that came through you that you knew could have been stars, and if you had that that uh, opportunity, would have signed them? Because so many I know artists passed through you. Let's see, J Cole used to be in my studio every day for the whole making of "Pray for Rain" and things like that. So you know, I had access to him. I remember uh, Alan calling me. Uh, years and years ago, putting uh, "Let me hear this uh, guy that sound like a nerd," but he was rapping his ass off. His name was Drake. And he was asking me exactly what I should do with this kid. And then he told me the kid was an actor and he's on TV. And I ended up seeing the show he did. I was like, I don't know what the hell we going to do with this kid. But he can't, <laughs> he can't wrap his ass off. And um, shout outs to Bobby and, and, and Rowdy and them boys. Trav used to bring them to the studio. So I had my hands in the mix of a lot of different things. Not saying that I was trying to sign them, but just being able to be there at those pivotal moments for them artists right before they... Who signed to deal and things like that I know I was able to help them understand a little bit more what this game is going to be about and things like that and that's what I'm here for I always like to give people knowledge because they say in this game is to be sold not told and I'm one of the few that put people up on game mm -hmm. how you how are we going to make money you dig like mm -hmm. if, if there's only one person that kept the secrets to cooking up then how was the rest of the hood going to make money you know mm -hmm. what I mean like somebody had to tell it and i just wanted to make sure that i'm the person that telling some of these youngsters some some gold you know what i mean that they could cash in how did how did, how did jim smooth out his temperament um time the first question should be it has jim smoothed out his temperament um yeah i have i mean you know it's uh i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't suggest anybody to to you know try to cross that line because i'm trying to do better for myself and you know what i mean and trying to put my energy in the right spot and, and and things like that um my son and my family has a lot to do with it 
as my son got older and I got older and the thing, the decisions that were making weren't making sense and the embarrassment that I was bringing home for a lot of decisions I was making wasn't making sense. Um, I had to learn to move smoother if I wanted to continue to do the same things and then moving smoother turns into maybe these things you might not need to be doing anymore as you're getting older. And it's a lot, it's a lot, it's, it's, you know what I mean? I've been through a lot, bro. Like mm -hmm. I've been through a, a whole lot, not just even this industry and life period, just coming up as a man. And at this point in time, I'm tired. You know what I mean? Like, not to say it like that, but when it comes to the streets and all that type, I'm tired. And, and I, I'm tired. You, you, period. I wouldn't want nobody to, to 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 make me have to feel like I got to do something out of my character at this point in time to make me feel like I got to dip back into who I once was because it's not needed. I I do believe I proved myself in that sense when it comes to the streets, mm -hmm. quote unquote. You could Google me, baby. They're gonna they're gonna tell you all about it. You know what I mean? Love to see the growth. I love to see you in French Montana making records. You and Mayno having conversations. Those are those are a couple things. If you were in New York, you you thought you would never see. So I, I'm glad to see the growth. Shouts to French man. Shouts to French dope brother man. You never, you never know man. I've, I've you know as of to recently, I didn't know who he was. Didn't didn't ha ever have a conversation with him. Didn't know what, how was his personality was. But he's a dope brother, man. I tip my hat to him. French, what's up? Um, you know, Mano, me and Mano been partners in crowns for years, but we didn't. We kind of met on we we met on a very real circumstance. That's why I love Mano to death and things like that. But shouts to the lobby boy, man. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just happy, man. I appreciate everything that's been going on right now, and, it's, and, and, and I can't explain it. Um, and it's not over. It's just getting started, actually. I that's think. what it feels like. That's yeah. the scary part, and I'm and I'm tired. You did. <laughs> well, Jim, we appreciate you for for coming through, man. And I'm sure I'll see you soon somewhere around. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Whatever y'all need me for, hit me up. I appreciate y'all, man. Very y'all keep doing what you're doing, man. Like y'all, y'all are a very big platform for people like us. Capo, that's the Jim Jones. I'm really disappointed in you guys. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. I don't know how you guys don't watch The Bachelor. Man, shut up. Trash. Trash? I'm having my own issue. Would you stay in a hotel room if somebody um, had died in it? What? Somebody died in your hotel room? I'm sure mad. I'm sure we've all stayed in a hotel that somebody right. had died in uh, before. Do you feel like they should tell you that? No. How do you know, know though? Want, do well, how do you know that, though? Like, how, how do you know somebody died there? Did, did you Google Did you buy it? a like, house if, if someone had died in a house? I, yeah. I bought a couple. Would <laughs> 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 you live in it? Um, I, I mean, you don't know. You don't know where we living in. Somebody old could have passed away. Like, what? What are you, what are you talking about? This, How do you know this, somebody died in your hotel room? That's what I want to know. Stupid. You just realizing that it started. You with don't watch that. You don't watch that Netflix. <laughs> now nah, you talking about dead people in hotels. Now you talking about Netflix. You don't watch that show, uh, Cecil. Uh, what is it? The Cecil Hotel Cecil or whatever. Yeah, I seen that. I seen that. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty entertaining. I'm just wondering. I stayed in a hotel. Somebody died in before when we was in Milwaukee. Slew to Milwaukee. Dropping the clues bombs from Milwaukee. I love Milwaukee. Everybody that listens to us on V100.7. And we were staying in this hotel on the outskirts of Milwaukee when we, um, when I filmed Catfish. And I was actually sleeping and I saw this shadowy figure oh, on the wall. There Listen to go. me. This is why nobody talks to y'all. Okay. <laughs> why nobody talks to you. There was a shadowy figure on the wall and it looked like a guy holding a gun to somebody. And you know, I've been seeing things my whole life. So I just said a little prayer and went to sleep. And then the next morning they told me somebody had got shot and killed in that room. Was the guy naked? 
Man, shut up, man. <laughs> 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 he, was, he wasn't there for you, then. You know he wasn't what I'm there saying? for you. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what? 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 Sounds what? like a fantasy to what? me. What? That's what it sounds like to me. That's <laughs> what I'm asking. All right. Ryan Timms. That was racist. That was racist. That was racist, Drama. That was racist. Drama was racist. The only black people wear Tim's? I don't know, but I just felt like it was racist. <laughs> okay. All right. My goodness. All right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? Well, let's talk about these Grammy ratings. The numbers are in. All right. We'll get to that next. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, the Grammy ratings hit all-time lows in viewership and key demos, so the final numbers are out. And they're saying that right now, the 8.8 million that the Grammy scored is 53% down from last year's results. Too much Bad Bunny. So, man, right, soon, 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 <laughs> soon as Bad Bunny came on, man, people turned Stop turned it. Up. Stop, it. Stop it. I just, I just don't think people were excited about it. I didn't really hear much about it. There was not too much talk. I, I just wasn't. I tell you what, though, they missed out because this was an amazing Grammys. I, I, thought I, I think part of it was, yeah, people weren't doing like, you know how they always have all these specials beforehand, mm-hmm. the red carpet. And because a lot of people couldn't go, you know, it was just probably difficult. The Grammys was great this year. I don't know what to tell people. Performances were great. I, I I really I really enjoyed the Grammys this year. Only thing is Pop Smoke. Pop Smoke didn't win a Grammy though. As much as his his contribution in his rookie year, he didn't he shouldn't he shouldn't got a Grammy. Listen, a lot of uh, listen, a lot of people had issues one. with the Grammys, but Roddy Rich in particular is not excited about the fact that so many people actually diss the Grammys, and he talks about Kanye West because remember Kanye urinated on his uh, on a Grammy. Listen to this. Like the older. They be hating on all the young And this is the reason why you don't see me With none of y'all favorite rappers I get the Grammy We can talk about the Grammy all day long Like I don't want to be like Older to be politicking I feel like that's more so should be the thing Or where if I get nominated for six Grammys And a guy I look to that, that had 22, 23, 24, 25 of these motherfuckers And I come in here I want to get nominated for six this year And this year this just piss on that shit. Like, how you think that made the world look at my accomplishment? That's real. Drop on the clues bomb for Roddy Rich. Roddy Rich, you know, he really is not getting the credit he deserves out here, if you ask me, because he had a monster, monster year last year. But I, but I understand what he's saying, because he's like, yo, he wants to win a Grammy. So imagine he win one, but then you got a, a OG like Kanye, who's done one several, just peeing on one. like Evaluating it, yeah. yeah. like, no, nah, I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Totally get what right, he's saying. And I- Little Wayne uh, tweeted out, F the Grammys. Moneybag Yo said, I used to win a Grammy so bad till I realized it ain't nothing but a trophy that don't determine who you is or what you done accomplished. Stay focused. And Moneybag Yo is absolutely correct. I mean, listen, none of these guys are wrong. You know, if you want one, cool, but like, it does not define you. You're still going to wake up Roddy Rich today. Correct. You know what I mean? Regardless. All right. Now, the uh, let's talk about the Oscars. The Academy is eliminating the Oscars to nominees and their guests. They've also canceled the governor's ball and the nominees lunch. So it will be in front of an in-person audience that will consist only of the nominees and their guests and the show's presenters. So they're still planning to do it. Um, and they did say that Oscar week events from public screenings to private receptions, the governor's ball that always follows the Oscar show will not be held. And that was all scheduled for uh, the the luncheon was scheduled for April 15th. So they're not doing any of those things the week of because of the health and safety of the members. So we, we're not sure how the show's two venues, Adobe Theater and Union Station in downtown L.A. would be used on the show. But it did say that the attendance at the show would be restricted. 
I mean, it makes sense. They, you mm-hmm. know, and I, even at the Grammys, you saw how uh, empty it was there. So there you have it. Now, Envy, this story is for you. So I'm going to need you to really talk about what happened on The Bachelor. Okay. <laughs> All right. So break it down for us because, you know, none of us watch it, but Matt James did pick a winner. And then he ended up having to speak out on Rachel's racism controversy in the finale. So can you tell us what happened? Yeah, so Matt James, of course, is the Black Bachelor, the first Black Bachelor. Uh, and uh, it was down to two girls. He picked the uh, the white woman. Her name is Rachel. Uh, and that was the woman he picked. It was between Rachel and Michelle, I believe her name was, a black woman, a white woman. He picked the white woman. And then it came out about all these things about Rachel, her liking uh, allegedly Confederate flag pictures, her liking, I would say, allegedly uh, pro-Trump pictures, and then uh, her going to an antebellum party. And after hearing all that, he decided to break up with her and not continue on this journey with her. He uh, dead Well, here's her. what he told Emmanuel mm-hmm. Acho on, on why he broke up with Rachel. As Rachel acknowledged in her apology, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. I have to take a step back and allow her to put in that work. And I'm looking forward to seeing her put in that work. So you all are no longer together? No. What was that breakup conversation like? It was as tough as you can imagine. And it's, it's heartbreaking. If you don't understand that something like that is problematic in 2018, there's a lot of me that you won't understand. And it's it's as simple as that. Man, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure more people watch this than the Grammys. But um, it was it was it was entertaining. He he definitely deaded her and he decided to move on and, and said he couldn't move on with her. She was hurt. She was crying. She said she was sorry. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, he picked her and it was a wrong pick for him. But the girl that he uh picked Rachel over Michelle she's going to be the next contestant she's going to be a bachelorette and uh, another girl she's the one that when they first met she brought the dildo she's also the one that uh, told him that all the girls it was a toxic house so she's going to be a bachelorette too so shut up so this is the first time there's going to be two bachelorettes so it starts off with her season 17 and then Michelle the uh, black teacher uh, season 18 so I'm excited about both girls Here's Matt confronting Rachel about the, uh, about the posts and everything. The most disappointing thing for me was having to explain to you why what I saw was problematic and why I was so upset. Mm-hmm. When I'm in a relationship, it means that I'm committed to that person. And so when I questioned our relationship, it was in the context of you not fully understanding my blackness and what it means to be a black man in America. Nigga, please. And what it would mean for our kids <laughs> when I saw those things that were floating around the internet. And it broke my heart. Who that, Prince Harry? Who told No, you? that's uh, Matt James. He's he not from the first royal black bachelor. Family. Why he's not like he from yeah. the royal family? First black bachelor. I mean, he, he you know, he picked, he, he made a wrong a wrong pick. His I'm mother lying, is bro. white, his dad is African. I don't I'm just talking. I don't know. And he picked the wrong one. And I, let me shout out to the uh, the host, Emmanuel Acho, uh, I think it's Acho. Acho. Oh, yeah, shout out to him. He what? did a good job. What the hell is going on, man? His name is Acho. He did a great job yesterday. <laughs> Who wants nachos? What nachos got to do with this? Why you, what nachos got to do with this? Emmanuel Acho, man. That's his name, man. He did a good job, man. All right, well, that is your rumor report. Thanks, Envy. <laughs>
Envy was petitioning for that job. Didn't work out. I wasn't petitioning. I just threw it out there. I threw it on the wall. Envy, it, you was hit, it's okay. You definitely petitioned. It's okay. I did not petition. I was, I was rooting you for you. Campaigning. You campaigned. You I didn't campaign. 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 You campaigned, bro. You threw a little I didn't campaign, like campaign, yeah, campaign. You, campaign. you I just did campaigned. a whole little audition tape. You did. You showed a little leg. You did. And you did a post about it. That was a joke. No, no, no. You stood on the corner and you showed a little leg. Nobody showed any interest and you went back in the house. That's what happened. You had a rose and you remember you had the rose in your teeth? That's right. You went out there. You showed a little leg on the corner like, who want to buy some booty? Nobody wanted to buy none. You went back in the house. Plus everything about booty with you, like <laughs> it did never stop. Nobody you see a go to the booty 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 booty. Booty. Or the booty go back I inside. I didn't say nothing about booty. booty. I said legs. You did say booty, but I. Right. Well, who you giving your who you giving your donkey to? Speaking of booty, four four asses. All right, Doctor okay. Ben Carson and uh, four Republican senators need to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with you. Let's talk slavery this morning, guys All and right. gals. All right, we'll get to that next. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here. And the General Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. I know. I know. Time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, Charlemagne. I'm a Democrat, so being Donkey of the Day is a little bit of a mixed place. So like a donkey. Hee-haw. Okay. Donkey of the Day. Okay. <laughs> club, bitches. Now, I've been Heavy on the mayonnaise my this years, but Donkey of the Day is a new one. Heavy on the mayonnaise and the crackers this morning, okay? Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Donkey of the Day for Tuesday, March 16th goes to Dr. Ben Carson and Memphis Senator Brian Kelsey, along with three other Republican senators. Oh, the mayonnaise is heavy on this one. In the case of Dr. Ben Carson, there is mayonnaise in the Nutella. My brothers, my sisters, as much as we dislike government, local and federal here in America, we can't afford to ignore what's going on in this country. Okay, we cannot afford to ignore what's going on in our government, local and federal. We have to be involved. We have to be engaged. We have to really, really pay attention to who we putting in office. Now, I know Dr. Ben Carson isn't a politician, but I'm giving out a lot of hee-haws this morning because I wake up every day. I pray. I meditate. I read my daily affirmations. I love the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. Dropping a clues bomb from Ryan Holiday. That's my guy. Today's affirmation for March 16th spoke on appreciating the sacred part of you. Okay, what are the sacred parts of you? Well, the fact that you have been blessed with the ability to reason and use logic. The Daily Stoic says verbatim this morning, seriously, what you take for granted, others wouldn't even think to dream of. Something as simple as the ability to reason and use logic. We take that for granted and we shouldn't. Because there's people like Dr. Ben Carson amongst us. There are people like Senator Brian Kelsey amongst us. I don't care what degrees they have, how much education they have. I don't want to hear anything about being an academic because when you are making statements like the one Dr. Ben Carson made, and I'm going to tie it in with what Senator Brian Kelsey said and the other three Republican senators uh, in Tennessee, because it's all one and the same to me. All right. Dr. Ben Carson, the former secretary of HUD was on the podcast out loud with Gianno Caldwell, and they were discussing the perception of black Republicans, and Dr. Ben Carson said this. Uh, just remember, this is not anything that's any different than many, many years ago during slavery. <gasps> you ran away and you got caught. They didn't just kill you. They brought you back and then they tormented you in front of everybody else so that they would get the lesson, do not run away. And it's the same lesson now. Do not depart from what we told you. 
do not think for yourself. And if you do, uh, we're going to try to make an example of you so that other people won't do it. What the hell? Dr. Ben Carson, have you ever eaten seasoned chicken? I'm serious. Have you ever bitten to a piece of good-ass, crispy southern fried chicken? I can't tell. I hear you talk, and I can't even believe you married to a black woman. God bless your wife, Candy Carson, but she cannot possibly sleep with a silk bonnet on her head. Okay, no man, okay, talking like that. It's, it's impossible, man. Not, you, you talk crazy. Not you. T <sighs> See, I have a problem with people equating anything to slavery. Okay, I'm sure I've made that mistake at some point in my life, but let's be clear, there is nothing that remotely compares to slavery except for prison, but that's only because prison is slavery. 13th Amendment, yeah, 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 do your Googles, okay? Google is your friend. 13th Amendment, abolish slavery and involuntary servitude except as punishment for a crime, okay? There is no correlation between slavery and anything you are going through, Dr. Ben Carson. Okay, being a black conservative is not like escaping the plantation. I really want someone to make a virtual reality slave experience. Notice I didn't say game because slavery is not and, isn't, and has never, not, never been a game, okay? But an experience because sometimes I wonder if y'all really understand what slavery was. Dr. Ben Carson, you know how you know you are far from a slave? It's because you're a neurosurgeon who went to the University of Michigan and Yale University. Dr. Ben, slaves couldn't even read or write. Okay, anti-literacy laws in certain slave states prevented that. I'm from one of them, South Carolina. You would get six months in prison and fine 100 pounds if you got caught teaching your slaves how to read and write. Dr. Ben, your net worth is $26 million. Show me a slave that had $26 million. Okay, we must stop with these false equivalencies. You're a black conservative. You have the freedom, keyword freedom, to choose to be a black conservative. Slaves... Slaves didn't have the freedom to do anything, okay? <laughs> Dr. Ben Carson, I can't wait until you get your nigga wake-up call. You hear me? Dr. Ben, oh, listen, all Negroes like Dr. Ben eventually get that call from that phone that says N-word on it, and when it rings, you got no choice but, but to pick up. Now, let's get to these cracker-ass cracker senators, okay? I dare you to get mad at me for calling these devils exactly what they are. Cracker-ass cracker is not a slur. It's an adjective used to describe racist, bigoted, prejudiced, oppressive, evil people who want to kill me, your mama, and your cousin too, unless we lick their boots and suck their kneecaps like the Dr. Ben Carson's of the world. See, Brian Kelsey, Frank Neasley, Janice Bowling, and Joey Hensley, who are these people? They are four Republican senators, senators, senators too, who voted against abolishing slavery. There go Uncle Charlotte, just talking out his ass. It's 2021. What do you mean they voted against abolishing slavery? Slavery been abolished. Oh, has it? Not everywhere. You better read the fine print of your state constitutions if you know what I know. Let's go to WMCM. Let's go to WMC NBC five for the report, please. Tennessee is one step closer to abolishing slavery, which is still allowed in the state constitution. Memphis Senator Ramesh Akberry sponsored the bill to prohibit slavery under all circumstances. Germantown Senator Brian Kelsey was one of four Republican senators who voted against removing the article from the constitution that allows slavery and involuntary servitude as punishment for people convicted of a crime. The state House of Representatives will vote on the bill that passed Tuesday. Slavery is still allowed in the state constitution in Tennessee. Would you like to hear why Brian Kelsey is voting no on abolishing slavery? Listen. 
Because it doesn't do anything one way or the other, I would urge my colleagues to blue light this resolution. I'll be voting no. I just think it's ultimately fake history that the 1870 Constitution allowed slavery. Fake history. What the hell are you talking about, Brian? If it's so fake, then why wouldn't you abolish it? Why would you want something fake in the Constitution, in your state constitution? <sighs> Frank Nicely, would you like to hear why he is not abolishing slavery? Listen. Now, I'm a non-lawyer, and most of my voters are non-lawyers, and I can't explain this amendment in words they can understand. I don't understand it, and the Constitution is too sacred to clutter up with a lot of stuff that non-lawyers can't explain to other non-lawyers, so I, I guess I'll be voting no on this. Nobody plays dumb like a white man who doesn't <laughs> want to give you justice, okay? Frank acting like he don't understand. I tell you, Frank, your state constitution says slavery is still legal. We want to remove that. What's so complicated, Frank? Come on, Dramos, make me feel good. You know what I want to hear. Come on, come on. Crack ass, crack Come on, come on. I, I am losing my mind in this country. Remember what I said earlier about my daily stoic affirmation? And we should feel blessed and grateful that we are able to reason and use logic. It, it, it is a gift, but whoa, it's also a curse when you hear stuff like this. These are elected officials. These people are in charge of legislation. If I was black in Tennessee, I would migrate north and let the Dr. Benz of the world move to Tennessee. I mean, hell, if you equating being a black conservative to being a slave, might as well go live where actual slavery is still allowed. How y'all colors feel knowing Tennessee has not legally abolished slavery? Okay, the state house of representatives is voting on the bill today. There's a queen named uh, Ramush Akbari, I think is how you pronounce her name. If I pronounced your name wrong, I'm sorry. She is sponsoring the bill to prohibit slavery under all circumstances. How crazy is that in 2021 to even hear? Listen to her. This does do something because there's a difference between the word working and slavery. I've worked. I have never been a slave. That's a clear distinction. I'm proposing to close a loophole that has an exception for slavery for those who are duly convicted of a crime. And that's a strong message we can send as a state. What we are proposing is slavery and involuntary servitude are forever prohibited. Those who are incarcerated can still have a job like in the kitchen or the library. I would really ask that we as a Senate, as a body, close this loophole. Ramos, you shouldn't even have to ask. This shouldn't even be a thing in 2021, but it is. Why? Because this is America. A-M-E-R-I-K-K-K-A. Okay, please let Remy Ma give Dr. Ben Carson and Republican Senators Brian Kelsey, Frank Nicely, Janice Bowling, and Joey Hensley the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid motherfucker, you dumb. Let Chelsea Handler get in on this too, drum. Hee-haw, hee-haw, that is way too much Dan mayonnaise. And give me four crackers. Cracker-ass cracker! Give me another one. Cracker-ass cracker! Give me another one. Cracker-ass cracker! One more for Joey Hensley. Cracker-ass cracker! All right. All right. All right. Too much goddamn man. All right. Now, when we come back, Cheryl McKissick will be Oh, man. Let's talk about it. You talk about black excellence. Cheryl McKissick is the CEO of McKissick & McKissick, the largest black-owned, woman-owned construction company in the country. McKissick & McKissick is a fifth-generation company. And right. we have these conversations about generational wealth and generational black-owned businesses. What does that look like? Cheryl McKissick is coming to tell us. All right, we'll do it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Power 105.1. Back, back, back. You're checking out the world's most dangerous morning show. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest joining us this morning. That's right. Cheryl McKissack, she's the president and CEO of McKissack and McKissack. Welcome. Good morning. 
Good morning. You, you know, we have these conversations all the time about generational wealth and black ownership, but a lot of us, you know, really haven't seen what that truly looks like. McKissack and McKissack Construction Firm, founded in 1905. 1905, but we actually go back 230 years. I'm fifth wow. generation. You're fifth generation. Yes. And it's the oldest minority and woman-owned design firm in the country. Yes. Wow. Yes. What does that mean for you? Oh, wow. That means everything to mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, I have been, this has been in my blood ever since I can remember. You know, want the best way to, to combat uh, systemic racism is through entrepreneurship, black ownership, mm-hmm. uh, Latino ownership. That's where it is. Um, there's not too many white owned companies that are six generation. Mm-mm. And that's what's coming next. The sixth generation. Wow. Let's break down how that company wow. started. For people that don't know. Let's break down how this construction family created and you know and and how so many and how your your generations of family members are continuing to push it on. Because sometimes you get people that be like, you know what, I've seen so much. I don't want to do construction. I want to do something else. So let's talk about how this company was created. Hey, and that's a real feeling right there, because when you have it, you don't appreciate it. So I get what you're saying. Um, But when I begin to understand the story that my great great grandfather was a slave and taught the trade of making bricks and that at some point he received his freedom and he gave three hundred and sixty five thousand bricks to a very wealthy family in Tennessee. And they built the Cheers Mansion, which is still standing, owned by the Saturn Corporation. Um, His son was known um, for his his construction as well. He was a master builder. He built the Maxwell House Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, where six presidents stayed. And then his son, Moses McKissick III, my grandfather and great uncle, are the first black licensed architects in the country with wow. license 117 and 118 in the state of Tennessee. Wow. But if you can think about the fact that they incorporated in 1905, there were no architectural licensing laws at that time. So they had to go to school through correspondence and then show up in the deep prejudiced South in Tennessee to go take their licenses to black men, their license exams. And they were denied. Wow. Over and over again, they were denied. Um, Eventually, uh, they lobbied the board and found one board member who um, went to bat for them and said, you know, these two black men, let them take the test. They're not going to pass. <laughs> well, they didn't think they could read and write and all of that. Right. Other They're stuff. not going to yeah. pass. And of course, they passed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they didn't want to give them their license, but they did. And what's so interesting is after they got their license and they were the first black licensed architects in the country, the board gained a lot of notoriety. And so they went to bat for them to get the, their license in 22 other states. Wow. And so... They built black HBCUs, black colleges throughout the South, throughout the Northeast. Uh, They built at least 6,000 black churches. When did you realize you had to carry on tradition? Uh, So I decided when I got out of college, uh, I went to Howard. I have a master's degree in engineering that I did not want to work for a McKissick company. And Mm. it goes back to what you were saying earlier. You know, you just take it for granted. I wanted to work for a large firm, large, you know, uh, majority uh, construction firm. And that's exactly what I did. I worked for a national firm. Um, 
But then my mother, uh, after my father became ill, had to take over the business. And she called up my boss one day and she said, Cheryl's quitting today. <laughs> then, she, wow. then she got me on the phone and she said, Cheryl, I need for you to come to Nashville, pack your bags. You're going to come here and help me run this business. So that's what I did. I mean, wow. at the time I was a little frustrated, but, you know, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Now, is it true your mom had no background in, in the business? None. She only knew the telephone number. Wow. However, she had a master's degree in psychology, which helped her with the manias and phobias around men who didn't think a woman could run a business. Mm, <laughs> let's dig a little deep on <laughs> and that. Let's, and let's, let's couple that with being a black woman. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, she sued the city of Nashville. And she took over the business in 1983. So in 1983, women could not borrow money from banks. That did really? not happen until 1988 with the Women's Business Act. Mm. So I did not know that. Men, That's not even that long ago. Right. Hey, Spike Lee was doing she had she's got to have it. OK, the wow. Internet was just becoming, you know, public. If you can imagine, she couldn't borrow money. Mm. She was denied work at the airport in Nashville, Tennessee. So she sued the state and she opened up the doors for other black firms to get work, but she was blackballed. Um, so she was pretty tough, pretty powerful. And she was my mentor. Mm -hmm. She taught me a lot. She taught me about, you know, how to sell my business, how to do my elevator pitch way back then, how to do my TED talk. How did people treat you as a black woman? Well, that's the story I'm getting to. So. We are down in Alabama. We're going to the Board of Education. And my mom says, Cheryl, today you're doing the pitch. I'm not doing it. You're doing it. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm scared to death. So we go into this man's office. I swear, it's the oldest white man I've ever seen. He had like... <laughs> And he just holds his head down and I am just talking away. I mean, if you know, like I'm telling him all about our history and who we are. And he he doesn't do anything. He just has his head down. When I get done, he stands up and he says, come here, little lady. And I go over to him and he shakes my hand and he finally lifts up his head. He said, I absolutely want to do business with you. Oh, you and your mom. Um. 25 no 30 okay like 30 31 32 and you know what i learned a lot that day you know i learned you cannot judge a book by its cover mm. also you can't be afraid to speak your truth mm -hmm. you got to say it whether people hear it or not and so i have done that my entire life i don't care who you are mm -hmm. if i want to tell you what i want to tell you i'm going to tell you that's right i'm going to do my sales pitch on mckissick and mckissick because Let's face it, every opportunity we've all had has come through somebody. That's right. All right, we have more with Cheryl McKissick. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Cheryl McKissick. Charlamagne? How, how much pressure is it to run a family business, especially one that has so much history? You know what? I think the history is what gives me the strength uh, when I meet the pressure. Mm -hmm. Okay? And I think back, you know, Sure. You know, we, we've built iconic projects, you know, JFK Terminal now, you know, um, the World Trade Center. Mm -hmm. We're, we oversee the MTA capital program for the last 10 years. I mean, the budget right now is what, 54 billion? 
Our last wow. budget was $32 billion. McKissick oversees every project that's $100 million or more. Wow. Okay, so we little have... Light flex <laughs> on this, little light, light flex light, on this light. fine Tuesday morning. <laughs> wow. Little light flex, okay. We're, we're program managers. This is a great one. We're program managers for uh, Terminal 1, uh, JFK, and the owners are Carlisle, Magic Johnson Enterprises, and Loop Capital. Oh, I didn't know Magic was involved in that. Magic is involved in that. Wow. And that's wow. why McKissick is involved with that. And that's the whole point of black entrepreneurship. It's about equity. Mm-hmm. It's Wall Street. The majority of them African-American, because I know sometimes when I drive around these sites, I can tell that a lot of people hire cheaper labor, and I don't really see too many brothers and sisters working at some of these sites sometimes. Not at our sites. Um, I can't speak about other sites, but since 2005, we have put in place a workforce program, and it started actually at Harlem Hospital, and it's really like intake for people that want to get into construction. And we refer our uh, candidates not only to McKissick projects, but to any project in uh, the Harlem area. Most of our jobs, McKissick jobs, we are like 45% uh, minority women-owned businesses, and our workforce is up in that 40% range as well. We want to make sure that the people in the community that we build, you know, feed in and have a part of the economic wealth that comes from construction because construction does build well mm-hmm. you know so, so unusual cases i don't want to go in your pockets but what is usually a profit margin for construction companies what they actually make so it, it all depends on the project and what your role is on a project mm-hmm. so you know if you are you know doing construction management services program management services which means you're not holding contractors contracts directly with subcontractors then the percentages are around you know 10 percent if you are a contractor holding uh subcontractors uh contracts like you know, uh, excavation, concrete, all of that. Then it's more in in the three to five percent. So it just all depends on the type of contract that you're holding. Um, but when you think about New York numbers and you think about those percentages, it it still ends up being a very lucrative business. Oh, we can tell. I can I can see the wealth on you. <laughs> no. Okay, Please. I see the wealth on you now. I can smell it through the Zoom. Exactly. I can smell it through the Zoom. I know wealth when I see wealth. Okay? <laughs> I'm looking at it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you ever wanted to do? Um, Yeah. Are there other things I wanted to do? I mean, growing up was silly stuff. And then, you know, my passion right now is black entrepreneurship. So last year, well, actually, it's been two years. I started a firm called Legacy Engineers with a really good friend of mine who's an engineer. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a mechanical, electrical, plumbing, engineering design firm. And we're bringing in black engineers, teaching them how to be owners. And then we're going to build a company and give it to them. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. What about the importance of MWBEs? Because I know people, we need to stress that more <laughs> as far as being able to get these contracts with the city and building wealth that way. The MWBE uh, program is needed. I mean, just like the story I just told you about my grandfather who couldn't get their license, we still have those same type of bureaucrats that are in the system who are going to stop 
people just because of the color of their skin. Wow. And so we have to have MWBE programs. That's the only way to break through. But we just need to make them even uh, we need to make them more rooted and we make we need to make them larger. Uh, right now, uh, under de Blasio and under Como, the MWBE percentage is around 30 percent. You know, we just need to increase it because to me, that's where the rubber hits the road. And we're back mm -hmm. to that ecosystem that we know about. If a black person owns a business, they're going to hire black people. And, you know, that's going to change a community. What better way to fight systemic racism and to close the gap between black and white income mm. and wealth? Mm. Do, do you have, is this what's fueling the desire to let people know the story of your family more? What really fueled it was we need more uh, black women, we need more black men in STEM and in engineering and architecture and in construction. That's right. And we need to put a face on that. And so that's when I started trying to expand my brand so I could put a face on it. Mm -hmm. Just to say, you know, people, when they think about construction, they think about a hard hat and some boots and mud. Well, construction, do I look like I'm out in some I hard hats? You got on a fresh <laughs> off-white tracksuit. Yeah. Some very expensive shoes. I don't know what they are, but if you click them, you go head back to Kansas. If I know that much, <laughs> I know that much. You getting that money? But I will put my boots on, and I will go out there. That's right. And um, you know, it's it's important to do that. But that's not what the whole profession is. It's so much more that you can do in um, in construction. I mean, there's HR, there's finance, there's operations, there's business, there's marketing. So much so much and so we need more people that look like us in this profession if you see it you can be it and that's why it's important for you to come up here and talk about your experience because i can imagine right now that thousands of people that might not ever have considered this are like oh i actually can do that this is interesting let me do some more research and be inspired and let me tell you what if someone that's black gets in this and you know they qualify themselves and they're good they will be sought after and they will get paid top dollar. So how should they start? Like, you know, because everybody's not a McKissick and McKissick where it's passed down. How do they start if they want to get into this, this space? Well, um, I say if you're in high school, you want to make sure you're in STEM. You know, you, you got to do STEM and now STEAM, which includes the architecture. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and then you, you go to college. Um, and then... You want to work in this over the summer and get internships mm -hmm. at these organizations so that you can see um, all the opportunity that's there and what which opportunity you want to take advantage of. But, you know, if you come work for McKissick and McKissick, mm -hmm. <laughs> you might end up on the Breakfast Club right. as an intern. That's right. That's right. <laughs> How can they get in touch with you if they want to take advantage of these uh these uh, the few dollars that you're willing to give up. The few, yeah, the few dollars that you're willing to give up for young entrepreneurs. Well, I don't know if it's uh, reaching out to Chandra McQueen, my PR person, okay. would probably be the the best way to do it. Um, and um, you can just go to our website, and that's uh, www.mckizik.com. That's and right. We appreciate you for joining us and sharing your story. We're so grateful and thankful and keep busting ass out there. No, we, All right. We glad you exist, man. They need to see eight figure <laughs> black women out here in these streets that own their own companies. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for highlighting us. I didn't insult us. you when I said eight figures, right? Is it more? <laughs>
It just was a little more. So you see her face? Look at you like, nigga, please. (laughs) (laughs) Disrespect. Thank you for coming. Sarah McKissack, thank you so much. Thank you. The Breakfast Club. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. So Trade the Truth has opened up a store. It's called Bump Box in Houston. It's a small electronics business and it has the world's loudest Bluetooth boombox speaker. So Trade the Truth has been uh, friendly with the company since they launched five years ago after reaching out early on to help them free of charge. And now he has his own store. So let's make sure that we support that store. And he also got another day by the mayor of Houston, Sylvester Turner. So that's the third time that he has received this distinction. They had the grand opening of his store on Saturday, March 13th. And that day was declared Trade the Truth and Bump Box Day as well. Drop on a clue bombs for my guy, Trade the Truth. I am happy that that brother exists. Yes. The good man. Shout out to Trade the Truth. That's one thing I'm, I wonder if they're going to do the um, Trade Day, you know, this year, because Texas is wide open and he does so much for the community, gives back and he helps those kids so much. I wonder if they're going to do it this year. I don't think Trade is that irresponsible. I don't (laughs) think he would do that. Just because Texas is wide open, I don't think he would. I don't know. I mean, but it helps, the, it helps the kids small. eat. It helps, you know, with backpacks. It helps with a lot. Uh, not just parties, you know what I mean? It really gives back. And those kids yeah, look forward to it every Yeah, maybe skip the parties. And I know he does outdoor stuff. So maybe yeah, he it does could be something. Stuff. Yeah, maybe. You know, wear your mask, but come outdoors. Well, I, I su- can see that. I support Trey and whatever he does. Salute to Trey the Truth. Him and Mr. Mm-hmm. Rogers. Great people. Mm-hmm. All right. So that bump box store is open in the Houston Galleria Mall located on level three across from Agenda. If anybody out there wants to go. All right. On the Jasmine brand, D-Ray Davis did an exclusive interview where he was talking about playing Lauren London's husband in Snowfall in the pilot for the show. Here's what he had to say. It's really crazy about the casting because John Singleton loved Lauren. and He loved me and um, the chemistry he wanted. I think on screen, we we, we cool because we like buddy, buddy. But as far as us being the husband and wife, it would have taken probably about season three for me to feel comfortable because although she's beyond beautiful and beyond fine, that was as Nipsey's girl, you know what I'm saying? One, I'm very respectful. Two, we had his brother's sister talking thing all the time. So I don't see like as affectionate as you see Angela and Eamon play and that passion they could just get into and the characters that we would have gotten to that. Now, what is this now? What movie is this? No, you know, Snowfall on FX. So oh, in the, the pilot, show. originally, gotcha, yeah, he was originally playing a different role. He was originally uh, casted in that role, but now he's playing a gangster named Peaches on the series. But originally he was in the pilot playing opposite Lauren London. Mm. He talks about a lot of different things in this interview. He also talks about John Singleton and how the first time he met John Singleton, he thought he was ignoring him, but I guess he couldn't see that well without his glasses. So, That's you funny. know, is it? Yeah, it's a good interview. All right, Bridgerton. The cast for Bridgerton is getting ready for season two. And now they are in London ready to film. So they did announce that they were picking it up for a second season last month, which I'm super excited about. So I'm shout sure out again are. to... um, Yes, I am. I love Bridgerton. I, I wish it was out right now. I bet and you do. So, <clears throat> shout out to Shonda Rhimes uh, for that. And you know... um. The, the guy, Luke Thompson, who plays Benedict Bridgerton, he actually is dyslexic. So he said that it was hard for him learning his lines. Really? He had to struggle with his dyslexia. The lead? He's uh, the, lead the guy, brother. Right? Benedict the brother. Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So I guess I think he's going to be the lead in um, in the second season, but I'm not sure. All right. Now let's talk about Snoop Dogg after launching his uh, his wine, his red wine with 19 crimes. Now he's launching a new rosé. By the way, my mom loves that wine. That wine is so good. She, I did. I, yeah, I my mom came over to my house and took I had two of them and she took them. Yeah, I drank a bottle of that 19 crimes. It, I, I did that with some edibles one night. It was a great Saturday. All right. Well, now you can actually get the rosé as well. So shout out to my guy too, Eclectic Wine and Liquors in Brooklyn. He always has that like front and center in his store. It's a black owned liquor store. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Now it's Women's History Month. Who are we repping today? Well, today we are talking about Stacey Abrams. Now she is warning about these racist election laws. This is something that everybody needs to pay attention to. The work that she's been doing is one of the main reasons why Georgia actually became, uh, helped President Joe Biden become the first Democrat in nearly three decades to carry the state. She's been out there in the trenches. She's been making sure that people get out, exercise their right to vote. Once again, that right is under threat. Here she is talking on CNN. It's Women's History Month, and we're celebrating the most influential women in history. Check out this phenomenal woman. Well, first of all, I do absolutely agree that it's racist. It is a redux of Jim Crow uh, in a suit and tie. We know that the only thing that precipitated these changes, it's not that there was a question of security. In fact, the Secretary of State and the governor went to great pains to assure America that Georgia's elections were secure. And so the only connection that we can find is that more people of color voted and it changed the outcome of elections in a direction that Republicans do not like. And so instead of celebrating better access and more participation, their response is to try to eliminate access to voting for primarily communities of color. And there's a direct correlation between the usage of drop boxes, the usage of in-person early voting, especially on Sundays, and the use of vote by mail and a direct increase in the number of people of color voting. And that was another phenomenal woman in history. All right. Well, that is Stacey Abrams for Women's History Month. Make sure you guys go to fairfight.com. That is her organization. If you want to find out more, if you want to support, she is a political leader. She is a voting rights activist and her work is super important. So I just want to make sure that we keep on highlighting her and that we keep on making sure that we get out there and exercise our rights to vote and that that right does not get taken away from us. All right. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notice to Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, um, we got a shout out to Jim Jones Coppel for joining us. Man, salute yes. to Jim Jones for pulling up and giving us so much free jewelry this morning. A hustler gonna hustle. You know what I mean? And Jim Jones got a million of them. And I really like how he's got his, you know, fingers on the pulse of, of, of how to make these digital dollars. So salute to Jim Jones. All right. And also Cheryl McKissack for joining us this morning. Man, Cheryl McKissack was such a pleasure to have up here, you know, simply because, you know, she has the largest black owned minority, no, largest black owned woman owned construction company in the country. Okay. McKissack and McKissack, fifth generation. Uh, and we have all these conversations about generational wealth and generational black owned businesses. You know, Cheryl McKissack is showing us what that looks like. So salute to her. All right. A lot of information was given out this morning on this hit radio. And I want to send some love too, man. I want to send some positive energy, some love and light to Tamika Mallory. You know what I mean? Tamika, um, she, she, she's running around doing a lot of press today because she crushed it at the Grammys on Sunday. And, you know, her, 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 her work is very thankless. 
You know what I mean? The things that Tamika does on the front line for us as a people all the time is is, is very thankless. So I just want to send her some love this morning just because. And make sure y'all oh, go pre-order her uh her book, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built. It'll be out May 11th, but it's available for pre-order everywhere you buy books now. All right. Well, you got a positive note? Yeah, man. I want to salute everybody out there that may be going through a little misfortune. Okay? Um, Think about it like this. You know, some people judge you unfortunate because you have never lived through misfortune you have passed through life without an opponent no one can ever know what you are capable of when you've never had an opponent not even you so sometimes embrace a little bit misfortune that's what a character's built breakfast club bitches y'all finished or y'all done